the talk show. It's our mentor's feature time, and we're looking at the front page father media campaign. We've spoken to them before. They aim to create an awareness of the value of involved fathers and to empower men to become more involved in the lives of children and families. Well, they ran a national essay contest initiative designed to focus on the voices of our children about their relationships with their fathers. And uh, we're joined in the studio by Kevin Rutter. He is the founder of Fathers in Africa and also uh, by the uh, uh, participants of the essay contest themselves. Jessica Quist won first place and she's in grade 10 at St. Dunstan's College and uh, Rochelle Makubela won fifth place and she is also in grade 10 at Soshanguve Secondary School. First of all, a very good evening to the ladies. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good evening. Good, thank you. Thank you so much to both of you for coming in. Kevin Hay. Hi there. Welcome back. It's good to have you back with us. It's good to be back. Let's first of all talk about the, the thinking behind uh, the importance of such a contest. Or right. an essay contest specifically. You know, there's been a lot of research, uh, particularly recently, uh, around fathering and research, uh, qualitative research, interviewing fathers and, and, and men on issues of masculinity and so on. Mm-hmm. But we've never actually heard, um, in fact... I attended a, a, a research presentation at University of Johannesburg uh, recently and um, uh, by Eddie Mavunga. And Eddie was saying that one of the, the shortfalls of his research is that we haven't really heard from the children yet. So we, we, haven't, got, we haven't built up a database of what our children are saying. So this, this National Essay Contest has been on my heart for a while. And um, we basically got the opportunity when the Department of Social Development approached us to do something around International Men's Day as a front page father network. And um, so, so we launched this national essay contest particularly so that we could hear the voices from our youth and mm-hmm. the voices of our young children about mm-hmm. how they feel about male mentors, male role models, the absence of fathers, the, the wounds that are out there, and so on. And, and, I mean, we've picked up from these children that, you know, it's probably the first time that we've actually heard them uh, express themselves so deeply um, around these issues and you know there were it evoked m- many many emotional sort of responses as we were reading through some of these essays um, and we, re- we realized that um, th- this is the moment for them to actually share and to actually share their feelings and, and it, was, it was incredible the, the, the feedback that we got from them. Now we, we know for a fact that uh, many children are growing up with absent fathers they're alive but they're not present in their lives they're not uh, participants in their upbringing um, and, and one, one has to ask, in terms of the majority of the messages that were coming through, through the essays, what are South Africa's children saying? Are they resentful? Are they angry at the fact that, uh, you know, they're growing up without their fathers and their fathers seemingly choose not to be part of their lives? Mm. You know, they're very mixed responses, and I think there is anger, but at the same time, the anger is tempered by, by this, this longing, that they, they wish... You know, there's this sort of underlying, already an underlying forgiveness that they're willing to actually, you know, if the dads are at, at any point in time want to now reach out and say, listen, let's make contact, let's let's heal things, mm-hmm. that the children would be very, very quick to forgive. You know, so there's this, you know, I mean, the one children said, I don't love my father, my faith keeps me from hating him. Um, you know, uh, he, he, and then there was some positive stuff as well, you know, uh, whenever he means the world to me, he's, he's what gets me up in the morning and so on. Um, some more negative stuff. Whenever I hold one of his shirts near my face, taking his scent to remind myself of him, I occasionally wrap the sleeves around my torso to mimic a loving hug. 
one of which I so long for but will never admit to it. So this is what our children are saying. There's, mm. there's this, there is this anger, there is a wound in some instances, but you know, there are also lo- there's a lot of positive stuff that's coming out of this. There's stories of uncles that have stepped up and become great fathers and role models. There's stories of dads doing a great job. You know, Jessica's story in particular is one of you know an involved dad and somebody you know that's been involved in her life. So mixed feelings, mixed reaction, mm-hmm. but we do know. I mean, there are 60% of our children are living without fathers in, in this country. Because I was looking at um, just the, you know, some of the excerpts from the national essay contest uh, extracts, and uh, a lot of them are about the pain that you talk about, or about uh, the hunger, the trying to find a, a forgiveness, and and there isn't. Um, you know, there, there's one or two that uh, are, are really, really positive, like the, he means the world to me, he's what gets me up in the morning. Mm. Was the message to try and motivate fathers to be part of their children's lives by getting through all the positive messages, or was it a case of, look, this is what your children are feeling, take up your responsibility? Yeah. We, our campaign is one where, obviously, we have to focus a little bit on the negative. So, um, however, the overall campaign is one that we want to leave, uh, you know, with a positive message. So, um, we, I mean, you know, Erna Rieda from the SAVF and myself, we, we've been driving this process for a while. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to create a balance between the negative and the positive. To say, listen, there are very negative stories, and you can see the majority of the essays actually were mm. negative. Mm. Um, but we want to leave people with a positive message at the end of the day um, and, and report back on the dads that... You know, are getting involved and, and, and are making a difference in children's lives. I love the one that says, My mother passed away earlier this year due to cancer. Throughout her sickness, my father was there to make sure that my siblings and I were not affected by what was going on. And in the same way that there are these wonderful positive messages, there are also some painful, painful messages, like uh, the one that says, I wish that he wasn't my father. He provides, he's a caregiver and a comforter, but he's not a man I can say is my role model. A man who beats his wife is nothing. I wish I could have a father of whom I can say I love him with all my heart. And uh, these are just some of the extracts coming through from the National Essay Competition that was part of the Front Page Father media campaign. Um, They're looking at uh, raising the voices of our children about their relationships with their fathers. I want to talk to the winners now. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the participants of the uh, essay contest themselves. Let's say uh, Jessica Quist is the first place winner. Grade 10, St. Dunstan's College. Yes. How did you hear about this competition? Um, well, my English teacher came out one day and then she said that, well, Kevin and all of them sent an email to our school. Mm-hmm. And then she asked if anyone wanted to do it. And then everyone expected me to do it because I like writing. Oh, and then okay. I did it. Oh, so everyone knew that you are a an essay writer yeah, and that you would definitely take part. This one boy said to me that no one else should enter because I'm going to win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but was there was there a lot of, of uh, enthusiasm from uh, other children at the school, even um, in your class, to say you know? Not yes, really, I'm in because initiative. I think they thought that you'd have you have to be good at writing, and now I realise that you don't actually have to be good at good at writing to enter this. It's just the content. Because front page father want to hear what you have to say, not about how good your writing ability mm-hmm. is. Mm. I wanna I wanna hear about your essay, but let me just uh, find out from Rochelle Macabella. Rochelle, how did you hear about uh, this contest? Uh, same as she had. My English teacher approached me with the email she got from Erna, Erna, I think, and 
obviously knowing myself I entered because well I'm a public speaker and I'm a debater and she sort of knows the, the relationship I have with my father so she thought I should enter. And did other children enter or were you approached alone? Um, some of them entered but then not all of them were keen on doing it because they have really really bad stuff to say about their fathers so mm. yeah. I, I, sure. I, I just wish that it would form part and parcel of the curriculum <laughs> to just say you know as, as part of uh, passing uh, grade 10 or even grade 11 write an essay about your father write an essay about your mother and let's uh, hear from you about uh, you know the relationship with your parents but Jessica what do you think made your essay the best? I think because I didn't only focus on positive things I brought in negative things as well because someone can't be completely perfect like my dad has really good qualities but <laughs> like some things irritate me about him like, like you he is in the next room <laughs> <laughs> but he has yeah. Yeah. Um, what are, <laughs> what are the you know what, what do you want to share about your father with us um, well I think my dad is an awesome dad and he tries his hardest and like I can see that even though I don't always show it because, like, I am a teenager, <laughs> and teenagers do. There must be some kind of rebelling girl, yeah. some level of rebelling girl. Yeah, and I don't always show that I love him, but I do love him, so... I like the fact that you said that nobody's perfect, that you yeah. do realise that there are, you know, some faults with your dad, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he is trying his level best. Yeah, and that's important. What are some of these... Uh, faults or irritations and I think they're more irritations than faults so to speak <laughs> what are some of these irritations I don't think my dad really wants me to no go for well, it yeah. but like like <laughs> simple things like if he talks too loudly or if he switches the TV on or if he puts that ah thing on in, on the TV or if he like shouts in the traffic it's like stupid things irritations <laughs> 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 And uh, in terms of letting you grow up and letting you, you know, um, are there any kind of battles around there? Because I know a lot of dads don't want their little girls to grow up, hey? No, I think my dad's quite open to me. He wants me to achieve in life. So there's no, there's nothing stopping me. He's not stopping me to do anything in my life. So he's very supportive as yeah, well, clearly. Which in I terms think of your not dream. all families are like that. But I'm very lucky to have a dad who supports me in whatever I do. Absolutely. You really are lucky. Uh, Rochelle, um, what were the issues that came out in your essay about your dad? Um, him not being present in my life and stuff I had to go through with his absence, how I had to cope my first day at school and stuff like that, how it has been tough for my mom raising two children, three rather, three children alone. Yes. The first day of school, what was it like? Take us through it. Um, well, I think it was good because I had my mom. I didn't have anything to worry about. Like, in life, I've realized that thinking about stuff that you can't solve, it's nothing. So I'd rather live my life to the fullest knowing that I have people who care about me, people who I love, rather than to wallow in self-pity about him not being in my life. Wherever he is, I'm happy for him because he, raised, he, he brought me into this world to do what I I am here to do. I have a purpose and it's not to please him, mm -hmm. but rather myself. So. But when, when other children are talking about their fathers and talking about the relationships with their fathers? Um, well, there is a greater father for all of us and his name is Jesus. That's how <laughs> I feel. So your faith is also getting you through yeah. with this. Yeah.
We're talking to the winners of uh, the National Essay Contest. Um, this was an initiative designed to focus on the voices of our children about their relationships with their fathers in South Africa. It is part of the Front Page Father Media campaign, and uh, they are Jessica Quist, who is a great 10, St. Dunstan's College, uh, and she won uh, first place. She's in St. Dunstan's College. She won first place, and Rochelle Makubela is in grade 10 at Soshanguve Secondary School, and she won fifth place. The other top essay writers were Pilat Diasi at Port Chipston High School who walked away with uh, the second prize. Malin Kosi at Soshanguva Secondary School as well who got the third prize. Marika van Staden at the Anker in Brackban walked away with fourth place and Prashin Rosharam at Pretoria Boys High walked away with the sixth place prize. And we're also talking to Kevin Rutter founder of Fathers N Africa about the National Essay Contest. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with them. But right now, it's time for the news with Greg Hoos. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The ANC welcomes a meeting with the public protector and Northwest farmers hard hit by hailstorms. Good evening to you. The ANC's welcome public protector Tuli Maroncello's intention to meet with the ruling party. This less than two hours after Maroncello announced at a media briefing outside Pretoria that she wants to meet with the ANC to clarify various issues that have caused the two to clash. Buzichi Mombe reports. The ANC says it is glad that Maroncello agrees with it, that leaks of unfinished reports prepared by her office are problematic. It says the bugs to prevent these stop with her. The ruling party says it is concerned, but John Seller says she has no capacity to charge those responsible, including the media. The organization reiterates that her provisional report on Nganda must be released as soon as it's completed. Musichi Mombe, SABC, Halinen. The DA says that President Jacob Zuma answered oral questions in Parliament on four occasions this year. In his parliamentary review, the DA also found that the National Assembly sat 45 times and had two joint sittings during the same period. The DA's parliamentary leader, Lendiwa Mazibuko, says that while it appears that Parliament is not working hard enough to ensure the challenges facing South Africans are addressed, it remains an important check and balance on the executive. I still think Parliament works. I still think it's a worthwhile, relevant institution. I think the extent to which it works will improve as the opposition representation gets bigger and the ANC gets smaller. An estimated 100 million rand in damages has been caused on farms near Brits in the northwest following recent heavy hailstorms. Farmers are facing a bleak future, and most farms in the region were affected. Farmers who grow vegetables say they're even worse off as they don't have insurance on their farms. They believe this is a threat to food security and the economy of the country. Michael van der Mava is one of the farmers. I don't know how we're going to pay our debts. We will make some arrangements with the banks. The whole Gauteng, Pretoria and Joburg's fresh produce come from Brits. The consumer is going to be paid too much for food now. Five dams have collapsed around Ermelone surrounding areas in Mpumalanga following persistent heavy rains. More than 100 millimetres of rain fell in the province since the weekend. Some of the farmers have expressed satisfaction about the rain, while others are concerned about the damaged dams. Meanwhile, the R39 to Staniton and the R35 between Bethel and Middleburg remain closed because of flooding. Motorists have been advised to use alternative routes. About 96 correctional service officials have been charged with assaulting inmates. 
but only one dismissed during the financial year 2012-2013. This has been revealed by the Correctional Services Minister Spoon Nebele in a written parliamentary reply. He says the department also attended to about half a million complaints lodged by inmates. In another development, the minister says that the female warder who was held hostage at the Mangaung prison is receiving counselling. He says the department has temporarily taken over the management of the facility and additional correctional officials have been deployed there. A former French general famous for publicly supporting the use of torture has died aged 95. He led what has become known as a death squadron during Algeria's War of Independence in the late 1950s and early 60s. The BBC's Jonathan Marcus reports. General Paul Osares, as head of military intelligence, was one of the key players in the Battle of Algiers in 1957, France's attempt to break Algerian resistance once and for all. His open admission of the widespread use of torture and summary killings, first in a newspaper interview in 2000 and then in his memoirs a year later, provoked a storm in France, not least because of his insistence that the French political authorities were well aware of what had gone on. The top story, the ANC's welcome public protector Tully Maroncella's intention to meet with the ruling party. This less than two hours after Maroncella announced at a media briefing outside Pretoria that she wants to meet with the ANC to clarify various issues that have caused the two to clash. The next news bulletin's at 9 o'clock. For SAFM, I'm Greg Hose. The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM 104 to 107, wrapping up our mentors feature, talking about the front page father media campaign that uh, focused on a national essay contest initiative designed to raise the voices of our children about their relationships with their fathers in South Africa. Kevin Ratter joins us in the studio. He's founder of Fathers and Africa, and we're also joined by the winners. First place winner, Jessica Quist, who is in grade 10 at St. Dunstan's College, and fifth place winner, Rochelle Makubela also in grade 10 at Soshanguve Secondary School. Kevin, I, I like the, the approach in terms of, um, you know, the English teachers, but how about we try and get every child to take part in this kind of, not even make it a, a, a contest then, because then it means there's winners and losers, but rather just in terms of raising, um, you know, awareness about how our children are feeling. I mean, what any plans like that for the yes. future? Yes, very definitely. That was... That was our vision. What we decided to do this year, we, we, were, we had some logistical problems mm-hmm. in terms of email addresses and snail mail and how to actually get you know, the national sort of buy-in for this. Co- and we try to work with the Department of Education as well. We've got those contacts. So we, we started it and we gave it a go and we've got fantastic publicity from this first national essay contest that's run. Mm-hmm. And we had very good responses from children. We had massive amounts of essays. Next year is going to be a whole lot bigger. So through through this sort of media initiative and through you know the press uh, um, uh, uh, coverage that we've got and so on, we're going to next year will be big. So we're going to run a, a national a Father Story Week over over Father's Day next year, which is a sort of a literacy week mm-hmm. where we're trying to encourage dads to read with their children, and then we'll move straight from that Father Story Week into the national essay contest, which again will culminate around International Men's Day. What happens to these essays? I mean, I was going through your website, the Front Page Father website, and I couldn't find any of them. You know, I was looking at up uh, Googling essay contest front page father, and I, I, I was not getting any luck. Yeah. How do listeners, how do those 
fathers get to hear the voices of their children? How do mothers themselves get to hear um, where their children are at with regards to their relationships with their fathers? Right. We, we had a, we obviously, there's a sensitive issue in terms of publishing and, and putting names to it and so on. So what, we, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be publishing essays. So every South African will, will get the opportunity to have a look at every single essay that's been written. Okay, so that, that uh, problem has been sorted out? That problem has been sorted Wonderful. out. Um, and what we'll do, we won't link it to particular names. So we'll have a first name and age uh, to the essay, and that's how we'll publish it going forward. So we're looking at publishing options, um, and and that will it'll definitely become available. We want to use it as a research database as well. Mm-hmm. So we want to pass it on to the likes of HSRC and guys like Eddie at UJ that are doing research in this area. I've already spoken to him to say, look, you're welcome to have the essays and just you know use whatever qualitative information you can pull out of it. And um, um, are we talking about just publishing the winners, or are we looking at uh, just all the entries that have come through and trying to to make them accessible? Yeah, we're trying to make it accessible. So we're trying to get as much of the of the essays that we've received out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it won't just be winning essays; it'll be many more. If we can publish a thousand essays, we'll publish a thousand essays. That's how it's going to work. And Rochelle, earlier on, you spoke about you know just uh, how he just your father chose not to be in your life. Have there been any efforts to get in touch with him? Um, he does call sometimes, but whenever he does call, he usually says stuff stuff that I shouldn't be hearing as a child. He tell he he's trying to turn me against my mom. I think he tells me that he was he will always be in my life, whether I have written him off or whether I agree with whatever with whatever he wants me to agree mm-hmm. with. But then I think he should he should be the bigger man. Like when he calls, I say I say stuff that I shouldn't be saying as a as a child mm-hmm. to a father. Mm-hmm. And I think he he pushes me to that level. Like he stops. Sorry, I have to say that, no offense to him, but then he stoops to the lowest level ever that a father or rather a human being can, an old person rather. He's not acting in a fatherly manner. So he tries to, to bring you in to his fight with your mother. Yes. And, and that should not be the case. I mean, mm-hmm. that is between the two of them. It's got nothing to do with you mm-hmm. and should not be impacting on your relationship with, uh, with him um, and, and with your mother as well. Um, it's very interesting. I'm looking at uh, the uh, essay of the second uh, prize winner, Pilat Diasi, in uh, Port Shipston uh, High School. And uh, Pilat talks about... Um, my grandfather, you know, earlier on Kevin spoke about men that come to the party when biological fathers abdicate responsibility. And he says, my grandfather raised me and taught me how to be a man. To say my relationship with my biological father is awkward would be the understatement of the millennium. And he says, uh, I, I, let's just call him X. X pays my school fees. I see him twice a year. And when we do meet up, we annoy one another and never agree on money matters. Um, and he goes on to say, he didn't have a father. I don't have one either. Generational curse or just a typical irresponsible male? In the essays that came through, Kevin, I mean, uh, are we seeing a lot of uh, this generational curse coming through? Or, you know, is, is this uh, something that still needs to be investigated further? No, we, we, have a, we definitely have a generational curse. It's, it's cyclical. So fathers that haven't been present raise... Uh, raise children that won't be present fathers. You know, that's the cycle, the fatherless cycle that we experience. You know, it started with migrant labor, so we do have historical issues in this country Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. are suffering with today as a result of that. Um, 
but so that's really the work that we're trying to do. We're trying to turn that cycle around and we're trying to actually break the cycle to say it's not too late for you as a young man to be present in your child's life. So, we, I mean, we work with teenage fathers, you know, in schools. We run programs with young men, talking to them about issues of masculinity and what it is to be a good father. Mm-hmm. And many of these guys have stood up to say, hey, my, even though my dad wasn't here, I'm going to be a good father one day. It's come out in the essays as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we are raising a new generation. We're raising a different generation. You know, when I look at, 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 at Rochelle and Jessica, you know, marvelous young people that are that are confident, that are going to be... I know that they're going to make a difference in people's lives one day. I know it because I can see it in their, in their personality, in their character. Mm-hmm. So we, we're raising an incredible generation of young children, and I think mm-hmm. this is the generation that's going to make a difference. And that's, that, that, that's what gets me up in the morning because I'm so... I can see the difference that we're making as a campaign, the Front Page Father campaign, and the organization Fathers in Africa, and all the other organizations that we're working with. I can see the difference that we're making in young people's lives now in this generation. And I'm, I'm, I'm so positive about the future of this country mm. because of that. Mm. And we also, I mean, when we talk about issues of absent fathers, we get a lot of young men uh, coming through saying, I am, you know, rising to my responsibilities. Even those who say, I don't have a job. Mm. But I am there as a father. I take my child to crash. You know, I fetch him from crash. I spend time with, with them until the mother comes and then I take them back to, to their mother. And just because we're not together doesn't mean we shouldn't look after the child together and jointly. And Pilar's essay ends by saying, if I am blessed with, I will take care, with a child, I will take care of them. Every child needs a father. Fantastic. Jessica, you spoke so be- positively and beautifully about your father and, uh, you know, um, a lot of, of us teenage girls, um, I'm just thinking of uh, just uh, the fights that we have with our parents around rebelling, trying to, you know, be ourselves. You know, how, how do, do you talk about your relationship with your father, with your, with your friends, um, you know, um, in terms of really appreciating the fathers that, that we have who are in our lives, who are doing the best that they can with the little knowledge that they have in some circumstances? Um, yeah, I do speak to my friends and like I think everyone should be positive about their dads because if you like if you just focus on the positive things then it doesn't seem as bad as it is. And even if you just take a small little tiny positive thing and you think about it every single day, then like each day it will just build up. You can think of another thing and mm-hmm. then soon you'll have lots of positive things to think about your dad. Yes. And, 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 you know, I know that you say sometimes you don't tell him that you love him, but I'm sure you show him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm at home at 8, I go to bed at 8.30, you know. What, how else can I say I do my homework? That must show him I love him. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are, you, are you thinking of, of telling him more about how much you love no, him? I think I should. No, I think I so think too. So. I think he needs, even if it's just once a week. Yeah. You know, just that, hey, Dad, you're okay. <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> because sometimes, you know, that I love you can get a bit soppy. But you're okay. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you tell your mom how much you appreciate her, Rochelle. Um, if I don't say it, I show it. Yeah, but how? Um, how do you show it? Well, uh, and don't tell me about making me tea. Because <laughs> I always say to my kids, making me tea is your job. <laughs> no, no, it shows that I care about you. Well, um, I would say, for me, the apple did not fall very far from the tree. Well, my mom is a poet, but then she's an unseen, unknown poet, and I come out. 
as a poet. So mm-hmm. I guess through the poetry that I write, I show her. We have this language of ours through writing. That's how we get to communicate and show our love for each other. Thank you very much. And just very being much. on the right side of things, like not doing stuff that pisses her off. Okay, yeah. all right. So getting along and following yeah. the rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sort of following yeah. the rules. Yeah. Being on the right side of her is following <laughs> the rules. Yeah. And uh, like I always say, under my roof, my rules. That's when you have your own rules, then you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you hear that from your parents as well. Yes. My roof, my rules. Yes. Ladies, congratulations to both of you. Thank you are you an inspiration. Much. And Thank we you. hope to hear more stories from uh, young people across the country regarding their relationships with not only their fathers, but with their parents, so as to build better relations as well in terms of how we relate to each other. Really appreciate your time. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Jessica. Quest, who is uh, at St. Dunstan's College, won first place, and Rochelle Makubela at Sosham River Secondary School, won fifth place. And Mr. Rata, as always, a pleasure talking to you, Great and keep place. up the sterling work. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Please let us know as soon as the uh, essays are available, we'll do. Um, and then we can spread the word and have as many mothers and fathers we'll go out there and uh, get the message with regards to what are our children saying. Fathers, we need to hear from our children with regards to how they are affected by your being absent in their lives, but also how they are affected by your presence in their lives. So we'll let you know as soon as those essays are published and become available to us as the public.